Welcome to the Loan with Jen podcast, your weekly source to keep you informed on everything about financing your home, where you will hear real facts, no BS. I'm your host, Jennifer Hernandez, a loan officer since 1995, and over 4,300 families financed to date. If you're starting to think about buying or refinancing a home, wonder if you have the right credit, savings, or even income, you're in the right place. On my weekly episodes, I make complicated topics easy to understand. By the way, my license is NMLS 514497. The ideas expressed here are my own opinions and don't represent any legal advice. Thanks for joining. Let's jump in. Buying a home in 2023. So if 2023 is your year and you're looking to buy a home, then this video is for you. We are going to go over credit requirements. We're going to go over how much can you afford income to debt ratio? What, what's even required? We're also going to talk about different loan program types that are available to you. And we're going to end with talking about seller paid closing costs. So stay tuned, strap your seatbelt and I am going to give you all this information. My name is Jennifer Hernandez. I'm a loan officer for 27 years. Real facts, no BS. Thanks for tuning in, whether you're listening to the podcast or whether you're viewing us on YouTube, we are glad that you are here. So let's get right to it. The first thing we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about credit requirements. So credit requirements depends on the kind of loan that you are getting. So For the government loans, which we'll go over in the next section, but the government-sponsored loans, which are, you know, FHA, VA, USDA, the credit requirements are lower. The government really wants to spur and help people in order to get into homes. So if you have a compromised credit score and you've got a 580 plus, then you're in the right arena for getting a home loan. Now, there are some lenders out there that'll do down to 550, but you've got to beware, really anything below 600, you're going to have possibly a higher rate, more stringent requirements, meaning you've got to have maybe more reserves, which means money after closing to know that you have something to fall back on. So, There is more oversight on those lower credit score loans, but it's not impossible. So you want to get with a local lender as quickly as possible to check your credit score. Now, I will mention as a sidebar, we do have a video. I've got a video. I'll put the card uh, up here in the screen about what makes up a credit score. So you want to make sure and watch that later on. Now, if you've got a score in the 700s, if you're putting a, a low down payment, you know, 5% down, 3% down as a minimum as a first-time buyer, you can definitely do that. You might be putting 20% down. So those credit scores uh, generally need to be above 700 to get the very best credit. So if you are putting 20% down, you can go on a conventional loan. This is the non-government loans that we're going to talk about now. Then you can put 20% down, let's say, and you can get it, you can have as low as a 620 credit score. Now, if you're putting less than 20% down, which you can definitely do, you can put, did you know, as little as 3% down on a conventional loan uh, with 
Uh, you've got to have above a 680 credit score, but you can do at least 3% down. And if you're a multiple time buyer, it's 5% down. Now we're talking about primary residences here, guys. Uh, there's lots of different programs, you know, investment properties, second homes. Uh, we're talking about primary residence properties, mostly in this video. Uh, you've got to have a credit score really above 680. And really, if you want the very best score, very best interest rate, you want to make sure that you are above really 760 for the better interest rate loans. So just to recap, the government loans, 580 plus, some lower might be available, but it's very, very rare. Um, and then if you're not in that category, then you're a conventional loan or even a jumbo loan, which are the larger loans. Um, you know, when you get up to the million dollar range, uh, those are those larger loans. The best interest rate is going to be found when you are above 760. So again, you want to watch my video again about how credit scores are determined. You'll get a lot of information in there about what makes up that credit score. So really thank you for watching. If you're liking this so far, please comment. I would love to hear your questions so far uh, and stick around because we are going to talk next about how much of a house you can afford. So income, that's the number one factor that we start to look at when determining how much house you can afford. So there's different types of income. There's salaried borrowers, there's self-employed borrowers. I'm gonna, there's also retired people. So I'm gonna hit on all of those. So if you're a salaried borrower, that means you get a W-2, you you're an employee, you probably are on the, you know, they take taxes out, you probably have the insurance plan. Um, a W-2 employee is an employee. Your salary is either hourly or you're on a salary, right? Um, Let's just assume first that you're full-time. We're going to look at how many hours you work, at least 40. Now, if you're a part-time employee, you'll need a two-year average of part-time employment. That's because we want to see how many hours on average that you can work. Um, so there's some employees that get bonus, overtime, commission. Those three additional sources of income require also that two-year average. So if you don't quite meet that, there are some exceptions. Make sure you talk to a local lender as quickly as possible. But in general, a two-year average of overtime bonus or and or uh, commission is required to count that portion of your income. Now, if you're self-employed, we're going to take a two-year average. There are exceptions to that if you're doing a conventional loan. If you're doing a government loan or you're doing a jumbo loan, it's two years, no exceptions. You need to be self-employed at least two years, but also have two years of tax returns. So some people are in their second year, but they don't have a tax return yet. So you very likely are going to have to have that second year filed before you're able to buy. Now, that also applies to 1099 people. 1099, uh, usually that applies as well, that two-year average, okay, of 1099. Now, once the income is figured out, we use the gross income of what's taxable. So if you're self-employed, we take that taxable number after your expenses. If you're an employee, it's straightforward. We take whatever your current uh, gross is of those earnings 
and if we can have included that uh, some of that overtime bonus, et cetera. So once the income is determined and we've got that monthly amount, you can just take that number and times it by 40%. That'll give you a gauge of what you can afford. So for example, if you make 6,000 a month gross, that's 72,000 a year, and the number is $6,000. If you take that times 40%, that is $2,400. Now that would represent the max housing payment that you could afford would be $2,400. That includes tax, property tax, property insurance, principal and interest, PMI if, if included, and also that homeowners association. If you're in a homeowners association type community, that's all rolled in there and included in that 2,400. Now I wanna just take a sidestep here. These are just gen general guidelines. Sometimes we can go a little bit higher and sometimes we have to go a little lower because someone has a lot of excess debt that's gonna eat into that number. So it's important to get with a local lender as soon as possible. But for the most part, you can take your monthly gross, but that's before taxes, and you can times that by, again, by 40%. And that's gonna give you a ballpark of how much house you can afford. Now, there's another way that you can do it. And you can say, I don't wanna do this monthly thing. Just, I make $70,000 a year. So if you take 70,000 and times it by three, you can probably afford a house of about 210. That's pretty much the number, okay? 210 thousand dollars. I took 70,000. I multiplied it by three. And that gives me a range, a kind of a gauge of $210,000. Now, if you don't have enough income to purchase the house that you're wanting, I do want to mention you can have a co-signer. So a co-signer can't be used for credit purposes because we want the applicant to be able to have good enough credit to meet those requirements that I talked about sooner. But the income portion, sometimes you just need a little bit of a boost. So you can get a co-signer. They're either a co-signer or a co-borrower. So one of them means that they just sign and they're not on title or anything like that. And the other is that a co-borrower means they're not only on the loan, but they're on title as well. So got another card up there on the video about co-signer versus co-borrower that you can watch if that does apply to you and get some information about that. So lastly, now we've covered a lot of ground, but we're almost there. So lastly, we're going to talk about seller paid closing costs. So especially in this market in 2023, coming off of 2022, where values have been declining, uh, we're starting to see seller concessions. It's happening in every market around the country, okay? So sellers are wanting to negotiate. Some markets are more depressed than others. And we're starting to see negotiation going on, which is a great thing for buyers. So especially in this high interest rate environment, I don't think it's gonna go away anytime in the near, near future, but possibly in the next 12 to 18 months, we will see lower interest rates. However, that doesn't mean that it's not a good time to buy. So you can use a seller credit to pay down the interest rate. It's called a permanent buy down and it can permanently buy down the rate or there's a second product called 
a temporary buy down. It's called a two one buy down. Now that's a lot to remember, but the two one buy down means it buys down the rate two percentage points for year one, and then it buys it down one percentage point in year two. So the seller credit can be used for that and save you possibly hundreds of dollars a month. So at the end of this video, I'm going to put that the, the bonus video on there for you that I've done about saving hundreds of dollars a month with a 2-1 buy down. And you can see if that is going to be the right product for you. So we've wrapped it up how to buy a house in 2023. I'm going to put some resources down in the description. Thank you for tuning in. Comment, subscribe, like, stick around. Real facts, no BS, everything about mortgage. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Loan with Jen podcast. Keep joining me each week to stay up to date on the mortgage industry as I'll dive into relevant topics so your home financing process, whether you're buying or refinancing, is smooth and simple. If you enjoyed today, please click follow and that way you'll never miss an episode. To find us on social media, just go to Loan with Jen on any of the social media handles, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in this week for Real Facts, No BS. Talk soon. Mm-hmm.